Come on. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right. The strong, the powerful Wayne Titus has returned to Money Savage. Welcome back, Wayne. Thanks. How are you today? I am doing great. I am doing great. Thank you. Wayne Titus is a CPA. He is a PFS and AIFA and the founding member of AMDG Financial. Excited to have you back on. Wayne, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Well, I started my practice in 2002. Uh, You know, I was inspired actually to become a CPA a long time ago after seeing my dad receive poor business advice from his accountant. And, you know, I started my business about a decade later. Uh, and I did that after seeing large companies fail uh, during, the, during the bust of 2002, 2000, 2001, 2002. And uh, so, many impact, uh, so many families were impacted with layoffs. Uh, I wanted to be impactful, you know. Uh, and so I, I, I started my businesses to help entrepreneurs get what they want, independence, flexibility, and the chance to make a significant impact on the people's lives that they touch, and as well as find times to contribute to society. So that's what I've been doing the last uh, 18 years or so, and I'm happy to be doing it. Nice. I appreciate that. So so you saw firsthand 2002, lots of companies struggling, going out of business, having to lay people off, and now fast forward, here we are 18 years later, and while it's it's a similar predicament, although for, for different reasons. Yeah, right. Uh, it's a huge predicament. I mean, I would say very few, very few companies probably in the country were, were ready for this kind of a, uh, an impact. Um, it's certainly different than anything else we've experienced here. Uh, the market itself is moving around quite a bit up and down, uh, kind of like a yo-yo, but that's, you know, having uh, volatility in the marketplace is normal. But what we're experiencing, uh, you know, the event we're experiencing is certainly not normal. Yeah. So talk about how very few companies were ready for this. And, you know, I, I just talk about personal ants. Like you try to look at the stock market having gone up essentially straight up for the last 10 years and try to figure out what it is that could potentially derail it. I don't think anybody, there's probably really smart people that did think about pandemics, but certainly not me. And when we talk about companies being ready for this, Let's just let's 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 be optimistic and, and assume that we're going to come out of this. What what could or what should companies do to prepare themselves for something like this happening again? Or is there anything? Well, I think you know entrepreneurs especially need to figure out uh, you know how how do they continue to run their businesses uh, with disruption. Um, you know, it's it's funny because I think uh, entrepreneurs are pretty flexible. Um, you know, more so maybe than big business, but uh, big business had technology 
behind them. They were able to spend on technology. So some big businesses were able to cope better than others. Um, having the right technology in place, you know, working towards having good business processes that work, whether you're in the office or out of the office. Uh, these are the kinds of things that, that you need to focus on. That technology just kind of underpins that uh, process. So, um, you know, exploring what are those things that, that you need to, to put into place in order to ensure that you're able to deliver the service or the uh, product that you have uh, is an important aspect of, of things. Individual entrepreneurs that do, you know, kind of hands-on uh, things, you know, I work with a, a personal trainer or you have physical therapists, you know, a lot of their work is physical, right? They have to physically be with the client yeah. and yet, and yet they're finding ways through technology to overcome that obstacle when they have to. Uh, it's not exactly the same as, you know, when you're in front of the person or you're working and touching that person, but it's uh, as best you can do right now to keep things moving along. How difficult would it have been to have this conversation, you know, five years ago when, when things are kind of cruising along for you to sit down with a client and say, hey, you know what? really need to be preparing for when things do go sideways for potential disruptions would, I guess it all depends, but would that have been well received? Yeah, probably not. You know, uh, it's funny because even, even now it's not well received. You have a, a, you know, you have a group of people that continue to want to meet with you individually. And yet even in a state like, uh, you know, where we are in Michigan, um, I had clients that wanted to meet with me immediately after we kind of closed our office doors to clients, even though we're, you know, we're still in business. Uh, we were communicating that we were not going to meet with clients and, and it was because we didn't want to, you know, take the chance of passing something on to, to the people that are maybe in, in a, you know, maybe even related to those clients sure. that are in a higher risk category. So it, I think it would have been very difficult to have that conversation. People would have probably looked at you sideways saying like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, doom and gloom, but, but you can get the context of what that would have meant, you know, as a business, uh, as a regulatory business, when we work through our investment advisory firm, we have to have a business continuity and contingency plan in place. We have to have it. It's, it's required, but so many businesses aren't regulated. Um, and they weren't in that position to have those plans in place. Uh, others are just putting those plans in place now, right. Trying to, trying to pull everything together. So, um, I think five years ago, again, if you're a regulated business, you should have probably had this in place to begin with. And if you weren't, you might have had something, but most probably didn't. Yeah. So is what, what's, what would you say is the starting point for businesses as we do come out of this to say, okay, here's, here's the things I need to be doing. I need to be investing in technology. I need to have more cash on hand. What, 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 what kind of things should they be thinking about? Uh, for sure, I think they need to be thinking about technology. You know, there's opportunities to employ, uh, to uh, apply for uh, disaster loans and those kinds of things for capital outlay. And this may be one of those things that you can earmark those dollars for. It's not just like, you know, helping you through this uh, aspect of things, but actually planning forward. Those, you know, disaster loans or 7A loans through the Small Business Administration, those those are something to consider to look to be forward looking, to put this technology in place to serve you in case something like this might happen in the future. So I think that's that's one thing for sure to look at. Um, you know, the recovery is going to probably be, you know, I was reading last week, uh, the recovery is probably gonna be a phased 
recovery. So people will come out of this, some businesses sooner than others. Um, you know, the, it's the, it's the human capital aspect of things that it's hard to, uh, you know, plan for, uh, if you have kind of a broad reaching kind of infectious disease like this, who, who is it going to, to hit and how are we going to plan around that? I think that's where you have to start thinking about even your human resource strategy, not just your technology strategy. Right. So it's, 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 it's tough. It's tough when you're talking about small business because, you know, it just depends on, on what stage of the business that they're in. If they're a startup company or sort of an early on, maybe they don't have the bandwidth to be thinking about these things. It's just really focusing on the fundamentals. Um, but I guess that's why you need good advisors. Oh, that's absolutely why you need good advisors. Uh, you know, there's different kinds of advisors. I write in my book, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being, about three types of advisors. You got the paternalistic, the ones that actually tell you, you know, just do what I say, not what I, not necessarily what I do, or they don't help you understand it. There's the informative advisor that says, here's all the different things that you need to be considering, uh, but doesn't really make a recommendation or help you understand it. And then you have interpretive advisors that basically are the ones that help you try to understand all of the information that's out there and make the best decision possible. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And where do you fall into that category? Which, 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 which one do you consider yourself? Yeah, we, we, we definitely consider ourselves interpretive advisors. You know, uh, the cares act came out, there's 868 pages or whatever, you know, we, we (laughs) do. Yeah. We dove into that almost immediately to try to figure out what the impact on our business clients was going to be, as well as impacts on individuals. And uh, not just to share information, but to answer questions. We had two webcasts last week, uh, one for small businesses and one for individuals, just to go over kind of those things that we thought were important for those different uh, groups and uh, uh, to help them kind of make those decisions. So when we're talking about individuals, and I'm sure that you have a diverse clientele, um, do you find that that and, and and maybe you can just speak to kind of the population in general as well that some of the folks that that were actually prepared that did have I I'm, I'm so tired of saying emergency funds so I've just taken it sent cash on hand of three to six months or even a year are are are, are there certain habits that those people have that, that, that make them unique? Is it just a, a, a longer range outlook? Is it being frugal? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard to kind of stereotype that, that right. kind of thing. Um, you know, entrepreneurs are, are all different types and some are going to be very conservative fiscally and have, you know, three to six months cash on hand. Uh, others are going to be bootstrapping things, you know, where they're trying to bring bring projects up from from just out of their pockets. So yeah. you have a you kind of have a range of of categories there, uh, and it's hard to say. Well, the one that has three to six months on hand is the one that's going to survive because that may not necessarily be true. If you've got high expenses and you don't have uh, those funds available, you're definitely going to have difficulty surviving. And if you're bootstrapping it you know, it might not bother you at all what we're going through. Um, so I don't know. I don't know that there's the, a right answer or an exact answer to that. I think it's prudent that you think about what your business requires and that you plan for that. 
um, and plan for contingency. You know, there are there are aspects of things even beyond what we're experiencing now that um, you need to have some some forethought on contingency. So, okay, so let's dig a little deeper into that contingency. What are, are, are there main categories that people need to be thinking about? Well, if you're, you know, if it's a capital intensive business and you need to have, you know, cash flow is king in most businesses, right? But, you know, if, you, if you've got the need for cash flow um, that's significant, then you should have more reserves. And if you have, uh, and if you don't have that level of significance, then you can probably extend yourself a little bit further. Uh, I don't know that that's a necessarily a great answer to your question, sure. but I think that's, that's how you have to kind of frame it as it relates to your specific circumstance. Not There's not going to be one rule that applies to every entrepreneur no, or every business. No, certainly not. And I mean, that's probably directly transferable to, to, to individual households as well. It's really having a good understanding of what your cash flow is and what your needs are. Um, yeah, absolutely. Do you, I, I mean, when... I'm trying to I'm trying to do a good job for for people right now um you know trying to coach people up on 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 how to come out of this well but at the same time I I don't want to be so harsh as to tell people um you need to to either start making more money or make some significant lifestyle cuts is there a way to 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 frame that conversation effectively so so that it actually resonates with people do you think yeah, and that's really a hard conversation to have with people, isn't it? For sure. You know, uh, when I started my business in 2002, I had, you know, I had basically left a job that was a six-figure salary working with uh, a large big four accounting firm to start a business where my income was zero. And, uh, you know, I, the thing I didn't want to do is I didn't want to disrupt my family's life. I didn't want to have to make decisions that were going to cause us to, uh, you know, uh, spend less time doing the things we like to do, like travel or, or, you know, go out to eat or, or to do those things. But, you know, you, you soon realize sometimes you have to make choices. And if you want to have the opportunity to do that down the road and you support your business and move your business forward, sometimes you have to make those hard choices and it's better not to put your head in the sand and ignore uh, what's actually happening. Um, you know, and, and actually pull your head out and look and look at the landscape and say, you know, I, I should make some drastic changes now so that I can continue to survive and do what I want to do later. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I don't, (laughs) it's like, how do I, how, how, how do we frame that and, and massage it any better than that? So I think, just being able to take a a, a, a a sobering look at things and and have a real conversation with yourself about that. So, yeah, it's scary, right? I mean, it's it's these are scary times. People yeah. are people are seeing their income just stop. Uh, that's never kind of happened before to most businesses. You know, there's been impacts; they've been slower, but but in in many cases, income just stopped, um, and overcoming that is difficult. Yes. <laughs> Overcoming no money coming in is, is a difficult thing. There's probably no way to, uh, no way to necessarily frame that. So I, I appreciate that. Well, Wayne, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Well, I think, I think the, you know, it kind of goes to your, to your point that you just made, George. I think the difference making tip is, 
is to take a look at your situation, to understand what your goals and objectives are, and to uh, you know now reframe how does how do things uh, how are things impacting you now, and how will you plan to come out of that over the next several uh, weeks or months. The big thing that's going on now is, and this is where I think entrepreneurial businesses can really thrive, is uh, they're planning ahead for coming out on the other side of this. How can you position yourself to best uh, to best take advantage of you know this state that we're in now? What are the things that you can do? What are the things you can do in order to get to the other side and come out better? Uh, that's going to take a little bit of forethought, but I urge everybody to sit back instead of worrying so much about the day-to-day is to think down the road two or three months from now or two or three weeks from now and uh, figure out where do you want to be and then what do you need to do to get there. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets Come on. Come on. Yes, shifting the perspective um, while difficult. So, so, so important. So I appreciate that. Well, Wayne, thank you so much for coming back on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Well, you can look up uh, my my book and my author page is Wayne B. Titus 3. That's Wayne, W-A-Y-N-E, B-T-I-T-U-S, the number three, uh, dot com. And my investment advisory firm is amdgservices.com. Perfect. Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Wayne your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to WayneBTitus3.com, pick up a copy of the book. Also go to amdgservices.com and check out everything that Wayne is working on. I'll list all those in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Wayne. Thanks, George. It was a pleasure. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.